need to see more of this. We need to see more people talking about it, and we need to not be afraid to have these discussions about O&M and what it's actually going to cost the projects. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of The Energy Gang, where we're going to be talking about operations and management in the solar industry. I'm Ed Crooks. Delivering a successful solar project is a long process with a series of different stages. You have development, EPC stage, and then operations and management, which includes maintenance. All of these stages are important, of course, but when people talk about solar, most of the time they talk about the development and EPC stages. Those are the stages that seem to generate the most attention, both from clients and from providers, and they also generate the most capital. But... When you're thinking about project efficiency and financial returns in solar, it's really important to have a clear, concise and financially sound plan for operations and management. No money is made during the development and EPC phases. Actually, that's where almost all the money is spent. However, when you get into the operations stage, this is where you make the money. And if you can't operate profitably from day one, it usually is a snowball effect and you just end up losing money. We call them the walking dead sites because they were they were doomed, doomed to start with. On today's episode, we're joined by a representative from Borrego to discuss their work in the industry and the importance of O&M, operations and management, for large-scale solar development. I'm very pleased to welcome to the show Greg Shambo, who's the Vice President of Sales and Business Development for Borrego O&M. Selecting the right O&M provider is actually one of the most important decisions for any solar project. Over the last 40 years, Borrego has established itself as one of the nation's most reliable names in the solar and energy storage industry. From its early days as a solar pioneer to today as a national leader in energy storage and large-scale commercial and community solar, Borrego has delivered low-risk, high-value solar projects. And in 2014, Borrego launched a standalone O&M business for both its EPC and non-EPC customers to help maximise system performance and help clients achieve their financial goals. Greg, thanks very much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. To get us started, maybe, could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Can you tell me what your background is in the clean energy business and what is your role at Borrego? First, Ed, I want to thank you and your team for inviting me here today on the Energy Game podcast. Um, you guys are doing a wonderful job uh, spreading the word around our ever-changing world of, of energy, and I'm honored to be here. Who am I? I started working in the wind industry in 2010. I've held various business development and management positions in the U.S. and across South America. I joined Borrego about two years ago, and I'm currently serving as the vice president of O&M in business development. And tell us a bit about Borrego then. What does the company do and where does it operate? Well, one of our core principles here at Borrego is building and sustaining long-term relationships. And I I personally feel this is what O&M strategy and relationships are, are all about. You need that to be successful. And you need to be here for the long term. And Brago certainly has been here for a long time, over 40 years, actually, which is pretty remarkable when you think about That's it. It's amazing, yeah. Brago started as one of the first residential installation companies. And over the years, we have evolved into one of the largest privately held commercial and large-scale solar and energy storage developers, EPC, and O&M provider working across the continental United States. And what are Brago's areas of uh, technical expertise? We have a deep bench of engineering talent across our different business units and a vast uh, database and product knowledge based on our experience to draw from. Today, our O&M team uh, has the honor of taking care of over a thousand PV sites across the, the United States. And we also have a strong application development team and IT infrastructure, which is really needed today to have a technology wrap around the services that you provide. 
So we're going to, in a moment, be digging into the detail of operations and management in solar. But just before we do that, perhaps we talk a little bit about the background of the industry and what the solar industry looks like now in North America. How would you describe it when you think about, as you say, your company's been in the business for 40 years, it's evolved an enormous amount, feels like a very large and well-established industry now in North America. How do you see it? And what do you think are the, are the main issues of the industry right now? Yeah, it's definitely explosive. It's growing. You know, the solar industry has grown enormously over the past decade with more than 100 gigawatts of installed capacity. Um, it's still a little bit behind wind, but solar is catching up fast. And we see the vast majority of new power that's coming online, either being wind or solar. And that said, the solar industry has O&M lessons it can learn from the wind folks you know, since they've been operating much longer than, than solar has, you know, whether it's designing a NERC-enabled control center or coming up with a spare parts strategy, solar can use and adopt many of the wind processes and lessons learned to help us keep achieving and moving forward. No point in reinventing the wheel if we don't have to. And as you say, given that growth has been very rapid, is very rapid still, what are some of the main challenges you face at Borrego then when you're operating in this very fast-growing industry, what are the key issues that you're thinking about? So like I said, Borrego's been in business for, for a long time, and we, we've seen a little bit of everything. Um, having served in residential, commercial, utility, we've seen the solar industry start from this boutique kind of specialized projects to these huge, ginormous utility-scale plants. And we've dealt with some difficulties along the way, not just us, but our customers in the, in the industry, whether it was utility requirements that changed inexperienced customers, new or unproven equipment, lack of standardization, supplier bankruptcies, government policies. We've had our share of bumps and bruises along the way, but while other O&M providers have gone out of business or have been merged or acquired, Borrego seems to remain whole and maintain our close customer relationships, which is you know, kept us in the black throughout all of it. So as I say, we're going to be talking specifically about operations of management. You raised a very interesting parallel with the wind industry and thinking about the way the wind industry tackles some of those issues. In solar specifically, how much awareness do you think there is about the importance of, of O&M? When we were talking about it earlier, it does feel like um, other stages in the development of a project that are the development stage people, uh, epc people think about those stages more they seem to get more of the discussions about those more of the debate probably more of the capital is invested into those kind of areas um does that mean that O&M is relatively neglected do you think well i i think sometimes it, it's more of an afterthought and uh, we're finding more and more that the sooner and earlier you can talk about O&M, you know, maybe even coming up with an O&M design during the project development stage, the more successful, predictable, and renewable your, your project's going to be throughout the term of its ownership. It's, I'll give you some examples, system outages caused by aging equipment or weather damage. They're among the most common issues encountered uh, by asset owners, but these corrective steps may fall outside of the typical preventive maintenance scope. Yet many asset owners make a mistake. They'll provide, they'll select an O&M provider with maybe a flex scope that doesn't necessarily cover these items. And just to find out down the road that when they happen, they have to pay per instance. They got to pay each truck roll. And these 
unplanned items that could happen, you know, honestly, monthly, start adding up the costs that they have than they just didn't plan for in their original budget. So there are better ways of doing things, you mean, if you, as you say, don't treat O&M as an afterthought, but build it in very early stage of development of a project. That's right. And, you know, asset owners also, I think over time, have found out just because a, a company is really excellent at engineering and procurement and construction doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right company to operate and maintain your solar project from now to over the next 20 years. You know, the, the business of O&M and providing that level of service and safety quality standards is very specialized. And, you know, at Borrego, it is a separate business for us. And we work very hard every day to make sure that we're the best in class. You know, also some of these process inefficiencies can erode our customers' concerns. Many of the national O&M companies may not actually have the ability to quickly dispatch and resolve your issues when you need them, um, which could lead to slow response times and outages. And these can be expensive. And on the flip side, trying to juggle multiple local or smaller regional O&Ms can become time-consuming with larger companies that work across the U.S. when they need to have this consistency across you know, East Coast to the West Coast. So if you get O&M right, how much of a difference can it make to the efficiency and the financial returns of a project? I think it can make all the difference because if you, if you get it wrong, then you are going to run into unexpected costs that you're not quite sure where you're going to find the money. You know, it's interesting how when we talk to some of our clients, when they get to the O&M contracting phase, they weren't aware that the tracker equipment selection that they made, for example, will increase their O&M cost by 2x because it needs three preventive maintenance a year instead of one. They're, they also were, were shocked that their vegetation management that is required and that they agreed to is actually going to be more than their O&M contract for that year. So again, trying to not have it as an afterthought, but more specifically, put it up front in your design conversations right from the beginning. And these problems can be resolved. It's just they're going to be very difficult to resolve once the plan is up and running. Oh, that is fascinating. Thanks. So you just mentioned clients. We are joined today by one of your clients. We've got here Jay Smith, who's Director of Asset Management at Standard Solar, which is currently a client of Borrego O&M. Jay, thanks very much for joining us today. Hi there. And Ed, thanks for having me. And big shout out to Greg here for uh, including me on this. It's a real pleasure to be with you. So could you also tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and about Standard Solar? Uh, what do you do? And, and perhaps just explain a little bit about your relationship with Borrego. Sure. So for me, I've been in the industry for almost 13 years. Um, I began with virtually no experience, but I think what's really exciting about this industry is that a lot of people are really in it because they want to help support the adoption of renewable energy technology. And I've been very fortunate to shadow some of the most intelligent and passionate individuals in the industry. And I've been able to learn nearly all the life cycle aspects for solar photovoltaic systems. And uh, yeah, for over the last half decade, I've been just supporting uh, Standard Solar's engineering team and, and that recently transitioned to O&M and Asset Management Department. For uh, answering a question about what we do, Standard Solar is you know, really just a phenomenal company that specializes in ownership, development, funding, and operations of solar projects around the U.S. We're pretty vertically integrated, but we lack some of the O&M expertise that uh, Greg was really hitting on earlier. And um, definitely one of the issues we run into is just getting to that 
I guess, over the hurdle, if you will, to get the assets really functioning the way that they should. And that's that's where we have a unique partnership with Borrego in that Greg and his team are able to augment the experience that we have for some of our local assets and provide that better you know, class of service for projects on the West Coast where we don't really have a much of a presence. Right. So could you explain a little bit more about that relationship then? How does it work? What, I mean, what does that do Borrego do for you? Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a unique partnership. Brago is offering us uh, essentially varying packages of comprehensive or preventive maintenance offerings. So what that does is it, it gives us kind of the ability to pick and choose the best package that works for the project. These projects are typically smaller scale. They're not utility scale, hundreds of megawatts. We have to kind of be creative in how much it's going to cost on a monthly basis, on an annual basis. So um, that's really the the unique aspect we get with Borrego is, and the packages that they have to offer is being able to give us different plans that fit the specific applications that we have for each project individually. So Greg was talking earlier about some of the inefficiencies and problems that can crop up if you treat O&M as an afterthought, if you don't build it into the planning of your project. Can you relate to that? Are those uh, issues that you've seen in your business? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the for me, just coming from the engineering side where I learned how to build projects the right way and then transition into O&M, it's, it's phenomenal the, the just kind of where things are right now. There's a lot of growth that needs to happen. The, the CNI market, which Standard Solar operates in, a lot of our projects are greenfield projects, which you know, typically are in the two to three years in the works to develop. And essentially what happens is, is you have these projects that are developed and the developers, when they bring the projects in, they're, they're thinking about how am I going to get the most development fee for my project? And ultimately it squeezes two things, the EPC price, which is a big part of that procurement, so the materials may not be exactly what we want, but sometimes we have to go with it because that's what's in the interconnection agreement. And then at the back end, we try to have those discussions on O&M, and sometimes we just can't because they don't want to hear it. They, they just want to know what their dev fee is. And if we push back on that as a you know financier coming in to help support these projects, the developer may have three other financiers they want to go with, and they're going to say, well, I can get a better price somewhere else. So so how do you push back on that? I mean, what, what can you do then to make sure that you do end up with the most efficient, complete solution in a kind of integrated way? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And, and it's, unfortunately, there's no positive or complete holistic answer I can give on that. It, it really kind of is a, a fundamental change, I think, in the industry. The, you know, the industries. I've been in this industry for, like I said, 13 years, and in my short time in this industry, I've seen so much change and growth. And, you know, we need to start having the discussions about O and M. The, you know, developers, the financiers, the construction team members, everybody, and, and even the procurement team members. Everybody needs to be thinking, like Greg was saying, about a plan. You need to be thinking about for your project, what are you, how are you going to maintain this asset? Uh, the finance side of, of these projects, you know, when I, when I started, I, it was always like, oh, these panels are going to work for 30 years. Well, 
the reality is, is that for these commercial assets, the finance team is actually projecting them to be 30, 35, sometimes even 40 year projects. And now you're talking about stretching the operational lifetime. The most critical component that we have is the inverter. And the inverter has a shelf life typically of you know five to 10 years. It's also the most failure prone component. You have transformers. Um, we have supply chain issues right now where you know, we can't even get our tried and true oil type transformers because their lead time is too long. We have to go to now a, you know, an air coil, open air coil transformer, which doesn't have the same reliability. And these are the things that, you know, we're talking about in our organization to make sure that, you know, we are effectively positioning ourselves to maintain these assets for the long term. So question, how do you think the industry is going to evolve? Do you think as you say, sort of awareness of some of these issues, awareness of the importance of O&M, the importance of having that kind of integrated plan, the, the holistic overview of, of the entire life cycle of the project. Awareness of that does seem to be rising. Do you think that the industry is going to get to a better place over the next few years? Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I think really to just go back to Borrego and what Greg's team's doing, what what they're doing here is really is really first in class. And it really helps to point out the things that we should have been doing all along. Some of our projects that we acquire are operational assets that may have already been, you know, producing for 10, 15 years. And what's unique about what we can do with a company like Borrego is bring them into those projects and you know, effectively monetize those projects, which is great because it augments our portfolio, our operating asset portfolio, that revenue we're getting. Those are all wonderful things to have. To your point on how the industry is going to mature, I, you know, I, th- I think really, you know, it, Greg's team is is front and center here, and and we need to see more of this. We need to see more people talking about it, and we need to not be afraid to have these discussions about O and M and what it's actually going to cost the projects. So, Greg, what's your view of this then? Given what Jay's been saying about the way the industry is evolving and where things are going, how is Borrego thinking about the future and, and what are you doing to kind of get ready for that changing face of the industry? Yeah, well, you know, first, it, nothing brings me more joy than to hear, you know, Jay and talk about our relationship and how we work together because that, you know, that's what it comes down to. That's what I talked about earlier, our partnership and relationship. And, and he's right. And sometimes it's a lonely road because standard is a company that you know, they want to get the best deal, right? Everybody does, but they also won't sacrifice the long-term health of the project for short gains. And this is, I think the industry is going to have to correct itself one way or the other, you know, whether we do it from bottom up or it happens from the financiers down, you know, in short, if you can't show that your current projects are performing at the right level, you're going to have a hard time getting money from financiers internally, balance sheet, um, to develop new projects. And I was reading, uh, it was from Kilowatt Analytics, that there's underperforming solar projects by 6.3%. And you know this is a significant number. This is the shortfall um, can, can be compounded by 40% of reduction of equity over, over a decade. So you know, while this underperformance isn't always due to O&M, poor O&M services, cutting O&M spend, you know, for example, if you want to prolong that preventive maintenance on your inverters for another six months or skip a year, you know, that could come back and bite you because you, you start having failures and now your warranty is void. 
And when things start failing and you have to start replacing inverters or transformers and you put pressure on your O&M provider to, hey, fix this, well, at some point, we're not going to be able to fix it unless we get a new one or get parts and somebody has to pay for those parts. And that's the asset owner. So it, it'll correct itself. And I think we can do a lot of work together to start creating awareness and, and having these conversations early on, even if it means that your early financial model um, isn't as great as you think it is because it's the reality. You know, it's going to happen one way or the other that these O&M costs are going to come up. Yeah, you talk about raising awareness. So what, what are you doing about that as Borrego then? I mean, do you see yourselves as having a role in sort of educating in the industry? Is this something that's important to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, Borrego is just such a, a great company and, um, and, and it starts with working with our, our customers um, like Jay and, and his team every single day, sharing the experiences that, that we have. And, you know, we find it our, our responsibility to overcome um, these challenges and to educate the, the industry from what we find. We, we tend to be completely transparent uh, with our customers and even competitors and even OEMs on, on their equipment and how those things are running. In addition, you know, things like this, the podcast, we publish many blogs and articles. Uh, we participate or produce uh, webinars. Um, you know, we're here to help and optimize our customers and their, and their plant performance and, and help the industry keep pushing forward. So as we're thinking about the way that the industry is evolving and this increased awareness of the need for O&M services and the need to get O&M right, what does that actually involve from your point of view as a company? Uh, how do you meet that demand? Well, I think I'd first start that most asset owners feel that O&M companies provide just the services, you know, that we're just boots on the ground. And this is where they, they look at the cost. Why would I pay an hourly rate of X versus an hourly rate of Y? But with a company like Borrego, and we're managing over a thousand sites, if you can imagine, we need a technology platform, and we need to continue to innovate around technology in order to service our customers in the best, safest, most efficient way. We have a auto scheduler that uses a small amount of AI. At any one time, we could have two or 300 open cases. In those cases, some are urgent, some aren't. You know, We have 50, 60 field service people across the US, and every morning at 2 a.m., the system runs through dozens, hundreds of different scenarios to come up with the schedule for the next day. When our service person wakes up, he or she has our iPhone, looks at it with the app that we created. It gives them their schedule for the day, including the drive time, um, how to get there, what the work orders are, when in inventory parts are needed. And while we're on site, the iPhone app that we have, the field service person puts in their notes. They take pictures of the inverters, taking them open, um, putting them back together. And when they leave the site, they close the case out and our customers get automatically an email with that case closure as we're pulling away. That level of instant communication and transparency is paramount for some of our biggest customers because they want to know what's going on and when things are, are completed. And in terms of the whole industry's responsibility, if you like, for spreading awareness on this, getting to a better place, driving forward efficiencies. Is there a role for everybody to play, do you think? Well, I think it's the responsible one. You know, let's face it, solar and storage O&M isn't rocket science, but it's, it's a demanding discipline. It's one that requires strong voices from 
um, people like Jay and, and even from mediums like yours, Ed, and, and Wood McKenzie, and the education, the, the training, the sharing of best practices, these are all going to make towards, you know, us having sustainable, renewable power, which is, you know, our, our goal here is to solve these energy problems that we're having. And as you say, this podcast is part of that uh, campaign. It's part of what you're trying to do to, to raise awareness about this issue. For people that have been listening, if there was just one or two takeaways you wanted them to come away from having listened to this podcast about O&M and its role in the solar industry, what do you want people to think about? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. O&M shouldn't be taken lightly. You know, I think if if we're looking to share a couple of points, you know, when we're we're looking at solar, the solar project lifecycle. Um, I always found it fascinating that no money is made during the development and EPC phases. Actually, that's where almost all the money is spent. Um, however, when you get into the operations stage, this is where you make the money. And if you can't operate profitably from day one, it usually is a snowball effect and you just end up losing money. We call them the walking dead sites because they were they were doomed, doomed to start with. Now, it isn't that bad. Um, I think we've come a long way, but the, the three points I think to leave with the industry to consider is that, you know, let's not have O&M be an afterthought anymore. You know, arguably it's one of the most important pieces of the project life cycle. Let's, let's put it in the forefront today. You know, second, choosing the right O&M provider is incredibly important. I think it starts with trust and I, I challenge our uh, asset owners to, and financers to, to demand the, the documented experiences, the licenses that O&M providers have with their boots on the ground, demonstrate their technology platform, show them how they communicate with transparency and hold themselves accountable to safety, quality, and service. And lastly, you know, I encourage you, encourage the industry to start adopting this idea of an O&M design um, modeling, starting right at the project development phase. Your decision of your equipment selection, your vegetation plan, as I mentioned earlier, you know, these, these are things that could affect each day of operation, whether you make money or lose money on that, on that project. Yeah. I was, I mean, Greg just took everything that I was going to say. I mean, that is exactly, (laughs) I think just from an asset owner perspective, really, we need to be concentrating on getting these maintenance plans, talking it through, talking and communicating the requirements of the project, the life cycle of the project. And then the the products, absolutely. The products are definitely the next thing that we really need to start evaluating what is the operational life cycle for the products we're choosing. Not all products are created equal. And we've seen that time and time again in this industry with some products, you know, being able to perform really well out of the box and others not. And that compounds very easily at, from an owner's, from an operational perspective, from an asset ma- and manager and owner perspective. So unfortunately, we do have to leave it there. But thanks very much indeed, Greg Shambo and Jay Smith. Thanks for a, a really fascinating discussion. And thanks to all of you for listening. Please do let us know what you think. As usual, give us your comments, suggestions, ideas for subjects we ought to be covering. We're on Twitter at The Energy Gang. And I'm at Ed underscore Crooks. And we'll be back in a week with all the latest news and views on what's next for the energy transition. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.